Welcome to Sleepy Head Stories today. We love to read books, be silly, and play. Me and my mommy are here every week to read you great stories that all are unique. Join us at bedtime, or bath time, or breakfast. We promise it's better than a trip to the dentist. Welcome to Sleepyhead Stories. Guys, we're back. We're back. Another episode. Another episode. <laughs> so, this week we're going to be getting into part three of Harry versus the first 100 days of school. And in this week, it is Halloween time. It's not even October 1st. No, but in the in the book we're reading, we've reached the time of year that is Halloween. Which oh. What month does Halloween occur in? October. That's right. So we're going to be getting into that month and all the things that happen during this what time of year. That? Like, of course, it's in just October. making I'm sure not, you know. I'm not stupid. <gasps> I never said that <laughs> word. Don't say that word. I'm just testing you to make sure you know. Well, October. Of course, it's in October. What else would it be? Well, maybe, you know. As you get older, you got to learn those things. What goes on in what month? Some kids maybe don't know. So you pass the oh. test. Here's a sticker. You think... <laughs> what is sticker? Where's my so sticker? today, uh, we had a really... Before we started recording, we had a really big morning, didn't we? Mm, we did. What did you do today? Oh, um, we went to my school and we, like, toured it or whatever. Yes, we toured Conchetta's new school, and it is humongous. <laughs> It's like, th- how many floors? Three? Three. Three, three, four floors. And uh, we went through the whole thing. She was with other new students. And she gets, what are you going to have this year that you never had before? Lockers? Yes, lockers. So she's going to have her own locker. I didn't even know that they had that in third grade at this school. So that's pretty cool. And... Uh, she, when do you start school? How many more days till the first um, day? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Wait a minute. So today, so you have about like six more, six or more days until the first day of school. Okay? okay. Six or like five. Something, yeah, yeah. So we're getting there. It's getting closer. Oh, God. So anyways, let's continue reading Harry versus the first 100 days of school. It's getting us in the mood for this time of year. my chair. You're shaking in your chair? No, please stop shaking my chair. Oh, I was shaking it. Sorry. I'm so excited for school. Please stop shaking my shoulder. (laughs) All right, guys. Right after this, we'll get into part three. Bye-bye. Bye. Shout out time. Shout out time. Guys, shout out time. We are having another shout out today that's going across the globe. And today's shout out is going all the way to what country? You know, I can't. Wait, Australia? Australia. I was just about to say, you know, I can't read cursive, but then I'm like, Australia? Yeah, I have it written in in script and cursive. Yes, you're right. Australia. Brisbane, Australia, to be exact. And I'm going to read this email to you guys that I got just the other day, just in time for this week's episode. It says, Good morning, Conchetta. 
This week on the 1st of September, my son Harry, which Harry is the character of the book we're reading, guys. Harry versus the first 100 days of school. How cool is that? My son Harry turns seven and would love to have a birthday shout out for his birthday. We live in Brisbane, Australia, and have been listening to Sleepyhead Stories as part of our bedtime routine for the past two years. We love listening to new books that we wouldn't normally find and having both of you as part of our wind-down routine. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. From Katie, Harry's mum. Well, Harry, mum, M-U-M. We like that. In, in the States, we say mom, not mom. Anyways, Harry, happy birthday. Birthday, seventh birthday. Thank you for listening all these years. We appreciate it. How cool is it that your name is Harry? The same name as the main character of the book we're reading. That's so awesome. And yeah, hope Australia is treating you guys well. Here, we're getting ready to go back to school. Not sure if you're in school yet over there or not or what's going on, but we wish you a great birthday, a great school year. Anything else, Chetta, you want to say to Harry? I'm drinking chocolate milk right now just to make you super jealous. (laughs) Chetta loves, she's just having chocolate milk and she doesn't drink it normally that much. So she just thinks she's the coolest thing right now, Harry. So you're not supposed to make Harry jealous on his birthday. You're supposed to say what? Happy birthday. That's right. Happy birthday. Harry, we wish you the happiest birthday. We hope you get some chocolate milk maybe, right? It's not really that good though. Oh, Harry. She doesn't like it. (laughs) Anyway, Harry, happy birthday. Thanks for writing to us. Happy birthday. Bye, guys. Harry versus the first 100 days of school. Part 3. Chapter 6. Wyatt. Day 23, Wednesday, October 10th. This morning, as Harry hangs up his jacket in the cubby area, Wyatt looms over him. He's humongous, and his eyeballs bulge. I'm gonna pull your pants down, Wyatt whispers. What? No! Yes! Don't, Harry says, giggling. Don't. He's laughing, but he doesn't think it's funny. Wyatt reaches out and snaps Harry's waistband. Harry looks around for Miss Peekschnitzel. She is talking to Mr. Darrell, who stands in the doorway. Don't, Harry giggles again, without wanting to. Nah, it's just a joke, says Wyatt, sauntering away. I wasn't really going to do it. Harry puts his jacket back on and doesn't take it off for the rest of the day. Day 24, Thursday, October 11th. Harry wears a belt to school to keep his pants secure. He watches Wyatt. Will Wyatt snap his waistband again? Or even worse, try to pull down his pants? At recess, Harry is scared. He's scared Wyatt will come up behind him. He doesn't play on top of the rocket with Mason. Instead, he sits against the brick wall. But Wyatt doesn't snap Harry's pants. In fact, the whole day goes without Wyatt even saying anything about pants. Yay! Harry breathes easily again. Day 25, 
Friday, October 12th. Harry doesn't like his belt. The buckle is too tricky, so it's hard to use the toilet. So today, he didn't wear it. He's waiting in line for pizza. When up comes Wyatt and snaps his waistband. I'm gonna pull your pants down, Wyatt says, grinning. Harry does that nervous laugh again, without meaning to. He clutches his pants. When he gets his pizza, he keeps a grip on his waistband with one hand and carefully holds his tray with the other. And when everyone goes outdoors for recess, he sits with his back against the wall. I don't like Wyatt, Harry tells his babysitter, Evelyn, after school. Evelyn is a tall, narrow person with a warm voice and an even warmer smile. She has grown up children already and is very good at making mac and cheese. Harry likes when she takes him and talks with him and Charlotte to the park in the afternoons, but some days they have to run errands instead. Today they are picking up groceries and dry cleaning for Harry's mom, who is at work till nine o'clock. What's wrong with Wyatt? Evelyn asks. He's a meanie, says Harry. What flavor of mean? <laughs> he teases, like he says, I never lost a tooth, but he lost one already. <laughs> well, you told me you didn't like Diamond a couple weeks ago, and now you've had two playdates with her. Isn't that right, H? Yeah. So, maybe that will happen with Wyatt, too, says Evelyn, comfortingly. Sometimes we come around to liking people. No way, says Harry. Just maybe, says Evelyn. That's all I'm saying. But Harry is certain that Evelyn is wrong. I like people who don't pull pants down, he says. My pants are nobody else's business. Day 26, Monday, October 15th. Jobs change today. Wyatt gets to be line leader. Diamond's new job is paper passer. Mason is book bin monitor. Kamani is calendar. Abigail is electrician, which means she gets to turn the lights off when we leave the room. Harry's job is plant manager. He is supposed to check the classroom plants to see if they need water. If the dirt is dry, he waters them. The plants are ugly and brownish green. Who wants to be plant manager? No one in a million years, that's who. No one in all of Brooklyn, thinks Harry. Uh, can I switch to line leader, he asks Miss Peekschnitzel at the end of the day. My friend, you know there is no switching jobs. What if Wyatt wants to switch? There is just no switching. Everyone will change jobs in about a month anyway. What if Wyatt loves plants so much? Because I think he loves plants. I think maybe he told me he loves ferns and other planty things. Yes, he told me. Just stick with your job, says the teacher. You might grow to like it. 
What if I switch with Kamani? I could go back to calendar. At this, Miss Peekschnitzel ruffles his hair. There is just no switching. No switching, no switching. My persistent friend, Harry Bergen Murphy, she says. Do you know what persistent means? Annoying, Charlotte calls. She calls Harry annoying sometimes. No, no, it's a compliment, says Miss Peekschnitzel. Persistent means to continue trying even when things aren't going your way. You are very persistent, and I admire that. So? So there is still no switching, says Mrs. Peekschnitzel. Day 27, Tuesday, October 16th. All first graders at the Graham School study self and community. That's why Miss Peekschnitzel's students made self-portraits and drew family circles. Today, they go on a neighborhood walk. It is bright and sunny outside. The teacher talks to the kids about shop owners and community workers. She points out the trees along the sidewalks, ginkgos, northern red oaks, and crab apples. Crab apple trees have always lived in Brooklyn, she tells them, but the ginkgo trees were brought over from China. Crab apples are indigenous plants. Remember our sparkly word? Ginkgo trees are not indigenous. Three parents go on the walk with the class. Kamani's mom, Orlando's papa, and Robbie's mom. They pass the firehouse and see a real fire engine. They pass a bus stop and watch the city bus drive by. The last stop is a visit to D'Angelo's Bakery, owned by Mrs. Peekschnitzel's friend, Gina D'Angelo. Miss D'Angelo shows the kids her bakery kitchen. There are racks for the trays of cookies and a whole wall of ovens. Huge silver mixers stand in a row. They look even more fun to use than the electric pencil sharpener. After the tour, Mrs. D'Angelo lets them taste samples. Harry tastes an Italian lace cookie, a rainbow cookie, and an anisette. The anisette is yuck. He sneaks a second lace cookie. Maybe I could be cookie baking expert someday, says Harry as he chews. Great idea, says Mason. I would love it if you were a cookie baking expert because I could help you eat the cookies. And I would give you the cookies because we are best friends, says Harry. Wyatt shakes his head. You can't do that in first grade, he says. It's like dangerous mixing machines in hot ovens. I help my mom bake cookies, says Harry. Everybody does that, says Wyatt. That's not an expert. I could be an expert at eating cookies, says Harry. You are already, says Mason, pointing to the partly eaten lace cookie in Harry's hand. You bit it, you chewed it, you swallowed it, you're an expert. Nuh-uh, says Wallet. Anyone can eat cookies. On the way home, Mason and Harry walk together. It doesn't matter that Wyatt is acting all proud to be line leader. Mason and Harry don't need him. He's not even their friend. Day 28, Wednesday, October 17th. Halloween is coming. 
In Harry's neighborhood, grown-ups will sit on the steps of their homes with bowls full of candy for trick-or-treaters. Before the holiday, they decorate their buildings with pretend spider webs and spooky plastic statues. Harry's mother put four big pumpkins on the steps of their apartment building. A neighbor taped a paper skeleton to their front door. Another neighbor put out a white blow-up ghost and a bunch of orange lights. And now Harry's building looks very Halloween-y. Mommy will be a butterfly. She wears the same pair of wings every year on top of her coat. Charlotte will be a vampire. And Harry has thought of the best Halloween costume. He's going to be Gargar, the black and yellow fluff monster. Yesterday, after school, Evelyn took Harry and Charlotte on the subway to a fabric store. They bought two colors of thick, hairy fluff material. Mommy will sew them together to make Gargar. Today, Harry has some of his fluff in his backpack to show Mason, Diamond, and Abigail. He gets it out at recess. Let's all be fluff monsters, shouts Diamond. Yes! Mason can be Boombus, the purple fluff monster. Diamond can be Gorf, the green one. Abigail can be Dumpler, who is red and orange. It is the best idea in the world. Day 29, Thursday, October 18th. Mason has already gotten his fluff monster fluff. During the morning routine playtime, he shows a tiny piece to Harry. It is so purple. Wyatt comes over to the cubby area where they are standing. Is that for your Halloween costume? He asks. Mason explains. Harry, me, Diamond, and Abigail, we're all trick-or-treating together, and we're being fluff monsters. <sighs> Whatever, says Wyatt. Fluff monsters is for babies. Harry wants to push Wyatt for saying that. It makes him feel super mad, because fluff monsters is important to him. He clenches his fists and keeps them by his side. I don't want you to be a fluff monster anyway, he tells Wyatt. It's just for me, Mason, Diamond, and Abigail. No one else. Wyatt's face crumples. He turns and walks away. Day 30, Friday, October 19th. Today, for math, the teacher gives each table 100 Dixie Cups. The children line them up in rows of ten. Ten rows of ten make a square. Now, what can you build together, she asks. One group builds a swimming pool. Another tries to make a bus. The kids at goat table agree to build a castle. Harry stacks the cups so their rims touch. and He and Mason build a tall, wobbly tower. Abigail makes a castle wall, and Kamani draws on two of the cups and cuts them out with scissors so the cups have wings. She does this with tape and things. The cups look like dragons. Diamond copies her and makes some castle chickens. Wyatt tries to make a dragon too, but it ends up mangled. 
Maybe it's a castle slug, says Harry. It's not a slug, says Wyatt. It could be a slug if you cut the wings off, says Harry. He goes back to putting a cup on the tippy top of his tall tower. No, it can't, snaps Wyatt and sweeps his arm across the table. The castle towers fall. The castle walls fall. The castle dragons and the castle chickens fall. You ruined it, cries Harry. So what, yells Wyatt. We should have taped the towers, says Kamani, and the wall, says Abigail. We should have taped everything, says Kamani. Diamond cries because Mason has stepped on one of her chickens by accident. Now it's a flat chicken. Mason picks up Dixie cups from the floor. Miss Peekschnitzel comes over and helps the kids clean up. Sometimes projects like these are frustrating, she tells Wyatt. We are all learning to work together, and that's part of the experience. But Wyatt begins to cry. He cries without putting his hands over his face, just shaking and whimpering while his cheeks get wet. The teacher gets people settled with bins of books for reading and takes Wyatt into the reading area to talk quietly. She gives him a box of tissues and pats him gently on the back. Harry tries to sound out the words in his book, but they're hard and he can't concentrate. Wyatt is sniffling too loudly. Chapter 7 Storybook Parade Day 31 Monday, October 22nd At the Graham School on the day of Halloween, there will be a storybook parade. Students will dress in costumes inspired by characters from books. Hooray! Harry remembers the parade from kindergarten, but the kindergartners didn't march. They only watched. Is my little pony book okay? asks Kamani during morning meeting, because that's a TV show too. Is Star Wars okay? asks Robbie. If it's in a book, then it's fine, says Mrs. Peekschnitzel. You need a copy to carry with you in the parade. Is Captain Underpants okay? asks Wyatt. Harry leans in to hear the answer. He does not want Wyatt thinking about underpants. Captain Underpants has lots of books, says the teacher, but I don't think underpants and a cape are enough clothing for school. Is the Incredible Hulk okay? asks Elijah. He only wears pants and no shirt. Everyone should wear tops and bottoms, shoes and socks, says Mrs. Peekschnitzel. And remember, it's not a Halloween parade. Some of our Muslim friends, our Orthodox Jewish friends, and other friends here at Graham School do not celebrate Halloween, so we don't bring that holiday to school. Harry already knows he will be Gargar the Fluff Monster. He will definitely have enough clothes on. Day 32, Tuesday, October 23rd. During reading, Abigail whispers to Mason, Diamond, and Harry, We have a problem. 
What is it? Harry says back. No fluff monster book. We need one for the parade, says Abigail. That's right, says Wyatt looking up. If you don't have a book, you can't be it, teacher said. Uh Uh-oh. They spend the rest of reading time looking through the books in the bins. They search for fluff monsters. They don't find a single one. Day 33, Wednesday, October 24th. Mr. Darrell, the science teacher, has the students float pumpkins in bins filled with water. Indigenous people here in the Northeast grew pumpkins for food along with many other vegetables. Nowadays, pumpkins are still an important food for many types of people in the area. We cook pumpkin pies, soups, muffins, especially at this time of year, the harvest season. The little pumpkins float. The big pumpkins float. And that's because they're mostly hollow inside, says Mr. Darrell. They're not as dense as the water. Later today, we can cut them open and see the insides. When we're done, I'll take them home to roast the seeds and make pies. Everyone is pushing pumpkins down to watch them pop back up to the surface. Harry and Mason get their sleeves wet. Then Harry dips his head in. <laughs> his hair gets soaked. The cool water drips down his face and neck all over. Your hair is unusual, says Mason. And Harry rubs his head to make his hair stick up. Now it's even unusualer. Mason dips his head in. The water makes droplets all through his hair. Harry dips his head in again. The bin tips over. Water floods the science room. Uh Uh-oh. Mr. Darrell strides over. He's gonna be mad, Harry whispers to Mason. He's going to yell, cover your ears. But the teacher just laughs. Today is the first time I ever did this project with first graders, he tells them. Good thing I brought towels. Mr. Darrell gives the boys towels and they help dry the floor. When Harry looks up, he sees that Wyatt and his partner Mia have wet hair too. So do Diamond and Adam. I was really hot, but now I've cooled down says Wyatt. Harry smiles. Wyatt's shirt is drenched and his hair is drippy. The tub was like a tiny swimming pool, Harry says, right? Just the right size for my head, says Wyatt. My head or a pumpkin? Look, I'm a pumpkin head. He takes a pumpkin and puts it in front of his face. Sometimes Wyatt is funny, Harry has to admit. Day 34, Thursday, October 25th. Parents and caregivers have been invited to the classroom. They were told to bring seasonal snacks for the harvest festival. It seems like seasonal means pumpkin flavored because like Mr. Darrell was saying, people have made pumpkin cookies, pumpkin cupcakes with cream cheese frosting, pumpkin pie, and pumpkin muffins topped with roasted pumpkin seeds. Harry's mom brought apple cider. 
She is here in her hospital scrubs, which are a bright blue top and matching pants. It's a nurse's uniform. She's going to work right after this. She talks to Diamond's mama about sewing the fluff monster costumes, explaining how she made a fluffy hood for Harry's head. I'm not worrying about monster feet, she says. He'll just wear his regular shoes. Harry gets a plate with all four pumpkin treats. He brings them to sit next to his mom on the rug. Yuck, 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 and yuck. (laughs) Don't worry, I'll eat them for you, his mom laughs. I like pumpkin. I like chocolate, says Harry. She digs in her purse and gives him a square of milk chocolate. Harry unwraps it and moves onto her lap. The flavor floods his mouth and his tongue finds a wiggly front tooth. (gasps) It's loose. He shows it to her even though his mouth is full of chocolatiness. She gives him a big squeeze. For the rest of the day, Harry wiggles his tooth back and forth in his mouth. Math, wiggle. Reading, wiggle. Recess, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. He feels so different with his wiggly tooth. Day 35, Friday, October 26th. Yesterday, Harry's mother asked Evelyn to take him and Charlotte to the big public library so they could look for fluff monster picture books. They looked and looked. They researched on the computer. They even asked the librarian for help. No luck. I'm being Harry Potter for the parade, says Kamani today at lunch. My dad read me book one, and anyway, my brother already had the costume. Harry knows about those books from Charlotte. Harry Potter is a boy, he tells Kamani. You can't be him. Yes, I can, says Kamani. Harry Potter is for everybody. Didn't your parents teach you that? I have to be a fluff monster, says Mason. My dad already bought the fluff. Mama bought the fluff too, says Diamond, and I started sewing. No way she's going to make a different costume now. My whole costume is finished already, says Abigail. So is Harry's. But do fluff monster books even exist? There are only five days left until the parade. Day 36, Monday, October 29th. Harry's mom took him shopping over the weekend. There were no fluff monster books at the nearby bookstore. There has been a book published, she said, asking the store lady, looking at her tablet. But just one. It's called Fluff Monster Party. And sadly, it's out of print. I can get it for you. Uh, I think you'll have to find it in a library, though. It won't be here in time. We already checked the library, said Harry's mom, but thank you. Now on her day off, and while Charlotte is at playdate after school, Mommy takes Harry to a farther away bookshop. There is no fluff monster book there either. As they walk home, Harry asks if she would order it from an online bookstore. Let's try, she says, checking her phone. But she can buy Fluff Monster Party online because the book is out of print. She can only buy it used, though, so that means it will ship slowly from the used bookshop. 
too slowly. There's no way Harry will get it by the day after tomorrow. Bam, bam. Harry stomps his feet. They're walking under Mommy's umbrella. He's hungry and cold, and his feet just stopped walking and started stomping instead. Bam, bam. She bends down to look him in the eye. Can you use your words? Harry nods, but says nothing. No words come. Do you want to say the words out loud? I'm disappointed, yells Harry. Disappointed and mad, plus disappointed and mad. A lady walking by turns and stares at him, but he doesn't care. We could call it D and M, says Mommy. That might be easier for you to say. It could be a code between us. D and M, yells Harry. D and M, yells Mommy. But listen, she says in her normal voice, I'm sure Mrs. Peekschnitzel will be flexible about the storybooks when she sees how awesome your costumes are. She's a very nice teacher. I'll just tell her we had trouble finding it. Harry is still worried, though. They're supposed to have books, and it's totally almost Halloween. Day 37, Tuesday, October 30th. The best thing in the world happened, cries Abigail when Harry gets to school. What best thing, asked Harry. She grins the biggest grin. Then she pulls out a fluff monster party book from her backpack. It has pictures of all four monsters on the cover. Look! Woohoo! shouts Harry. He does his happy dance. Now I don't have to be Beakle! Just in case he couldn't find fluff monster book, Mommy helped him choose a book with an easy costume. Beakle is an imaginary friend character who looks like a round white ghost, so Harry could just wear a pillowcase with eyes cut in it. But he really didn't feel like being Beakle. And I don't have to be Sophie and her squash, says Abigail, even though we already bought a squash for me to carry. Diamond and Mason are excited too. Mason didn't even have a parade costume. I was just going to be like a regular kid and find a book with the regular kid on the cover, he says. I was going to be Z's for moose, Diamond tells them, but all I got was antlers and not a whole moose suit or anything. All day, whenever they are together, they say, Fluff Monsters! In line to go to the library, they whisper, Fluff Monsters! When the story is over, they whisper, Fluff Monsters! Kamani is happy for them. She is all set with her Harry Potter costume. And Mia is going to be Harry's owl, Hedwig. So their costumes will go together. Wyatt makes a sour face at Harry during lunch. Fluff Monsters are for babies, he says. If you all want to be baby things for the parade, go right ahead. I'll be Spider-Man. Harry wants to say he likes Spider-Man too, and what's wrong with fluff monsters? But he doesn't get a chance. 
Abigail, Diamond, and Mason just shout at Wyatt, Fluff Monsters! Fluff Monsters! Fluff Monsters! And Harry joins in. Wyatt leaves the table. Day 38, Wednesday, October 31st. It is Halloween and the day of the storybook parade. Harry's Gargar costume is hot and itchy, but he looks amazing. Abigail carries Fluff Monster Party in her red and orange arms. Harry, Diamond, and Mason walk alongside her. If they are able to get off work, parents come to watch. So do caregivers. Harry's mom is there, taking pictures on her phone. She promises to send a photo to Daddy. Miss Peekschnitzel is dressed as a pig. She carries a toy pug dog. Plus the book, Pug Meets Pig. Everyone walks up the block, across the street, past the place where you get fried chicken, past the place where you get lo mein noodles, past the bodega. They shop at rest and stop at restaurant owners who come out and wave. Some of them even clap. Kids across the street again, and they go, then they go up and down the block of townhouses and apartment buildings, around the corner, past D'Angelo's Bakery, the toy shop with the robot in the window, the dollar store, the pizza place, and the other bodega. Harry links arms with Diamond. They wave at the people watching. Fluff monsters, calls one lady. Excellent fluff. Day 39, Thursday, November 1st. Harry is super tired. He stayed up way too late trick-or-treating last night with his friends and then eating takeout pizza. Everyone else is tired too. Abigail goes under goat table. Kamani falls asleep during math. Diamond falls asleep during story time. Mason looks weak and sick. When we got home, my dad said, How many pieces of candy do you eat? And Mason explains. And I told him I ate four. So he let me have four more. But really, I ate 18 or 30 or maybe more than that. You lie to your dad, says Harry. It popped out, says Mason. I couldn't think straight because of all the candy I owned. But... He figured out the truth when I puked all over the bathroom floor. My parents put me in the shower while they bleach cleaned. Ew. Yeah, says Mason. And even worse, my dad took my bag of candy away and he put it on top of the fridge. Oh, that's so mean, says Harry. Yeah, my dad's a Halloween meanie, says Mason. But I have to get my bag back after dinner tonight. Thank you for listening to Sleepyhead Stories. Yes, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sleepyhead Stories. Please keep sending in your shout outs. And remember to subscribe to this podcast so you get notifications every time we release a new episode. Please do it. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day or a great night. And we will talk to you in the next 
episode. Episode. High five. High five.